listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today we're talking about why most marketers suck at testing and how to improve it. To help us, we have with us Tim Parkin, president of Parkin Consulting, an agency focused on helping companies improve their marketing teams in 90 days or less. Tim, thank you for taking time and welcome to the show. Chad, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here and to have this conversation. Excellent. So we always start with kind of an off-the-wall question just for the audience to get to know you a little bit better. And I'm always curious to learn something you're passionate about that those that know you only from work may be surprised to learn. I'd have to say magic, uh, prestidigitation to be exact. Card tricks is my forte. Sleight of hand. Yeah, exactly. As a young kid, I was into a magic club even. And so it's something I've carried with me, you know, into my adult years. And uh, I still to this day perform magic, you know, at conferences, at client meetings. And uh, it's been a wonderful networking tool. So I highly recommend learn a card trick or two. It'll change (laughs) your networking trajectory. I am a huge magic fan. Have you ever read the book Slights of Mind? I don't believe I have. No, I need to check that out. It's a, yeah, it's, I'm going to pull it off of my bookshelf real quick and give you the subtitle. Uh, it is What the Neuroscience of Magic Reveals About Our Everyday Deceptions. Wow. There's so much to unpack there. You know, I was actually, <laughs> I was asked to perform at a college course one time. And after I performed a couple tricks, they, the professor then, it was a creative thinking class. And he said, now let's break down how these tricks work and the assumptions that you're making and how we're thinking about these things uh, incorrectly, because that's what magic is. It's, it's deception. So yeah, that book sounds really interesting. Yeah, it's a great read. I'm a bit of a neuroscience geek myself. So and that was why I picked it up. But it's a great read. Great read. But I, And I could talk magic all day, but we're here Let's to talk marketing. <laughs> <laughs> we're here to talk marketing. So would love to know, you know, when we're talking about testing and marketing, just for context, what does that really mean? And let's give the audience a high-level understanding so we can go macro to micro on this. Yeah, let's talk about what it is and then, and then why it is. So obviously what it is, testing, is when you, you know, we run an experiment, when you run a test, you're comparing two alternatives to see which one performs better, which one gives you a better result. So it could be email subject lines. We are testing two different subject lines to see which one gets, you know, better response. It could be two different landing pages. You know, it could be two different ads. There's lots of different things you can test, but that's the, the what is testing. But I think the bigger question, the more important question is the why of testing. And this is where most people get it wrong. Testing will lead to better results because you'll figure out which one gets you better results. But that's not why you do testing. The real reason why you do testing is to learn something, is to gain insights. And it's not just the results that you're after. That's the byproduct. The real result you're after is understanding why do people respond to this better? Why does this drive a better result? Because then you can take that and wrap that into, uh, fold that into all of the other marketing you're doing. And so why do you think testing is so challenging for marketers? Why are they not better at it? <laughs> There's so many reasons it's challenging for marketers. One of the biggest is that the information out there is outdated and also very basic. You know, if you read blog posts, if you Google testing or A-B testing or anything like that, you're going to I guarantee you'll run across some article that says you should test a blue button versus a red button. You know, and, and you're talking about neuroscience here, Chad. No one is going to make a big difference in their life based on whether it's blue or red, you know, a simple button. And so <laughs> we have to think bigger. We have to think different about that. So the assumptions we have and the education out there around testing is very basic, very rudimentary, and oftentimes just completely incorrect. <laughs> and so 
there's a challenge around the data being inaccurate, but what things should they be measuring and what outcomes should they be expecting? Are there thresholds they should be aiming for? What does that look like? The best place to start is you have to have benchmarks. You have to know what is normal look like so that when you do a test, you know, did it exceed that or did it, you know, perform below that? So you have to have benchmarks, you know, as a rudimentary level before you begin testing. And then in terms of what to measure, again, it's going to depend on the type of test that you're running, but you really obviously want to measure the outcome, the result. So whether that's, you know, something basic like clicks, did it get more clicks or more opens, you know, which email open rates now are going to soon be a thing of the past, but (laughs) clicks or responses, uh, or if it's sales and conversions. And that's really the ideal outcome, right? Is we want more leads, we want more sales, we want more revenue. So that's often the primary objective of an experiment and the thing you should be measuring. But how you measure that, you know, obviously needs to be taken into account. And so the outcome of a test, a successful test, as I mentioned, is a learning, an insight. What did we learn from doing this? Whether or not we got a positive result or not. If I were in a test and we say two creatives, we run two different creatives and one does really well and one does really poorly, who cares that one did well and one did poorly? It's why did one do well and why did the other do poorly? And what can we learn from that? And that really is the outcome that you should be expecting from a test. Every test, whether or not you get a positive result or not, you should have some insight, some learning that you can adapt, document, and share with your team to say, now we've learned a little bit more about who our customer is, how they respond to things, how they see the world, the right messaging to use, the right creative, you know, those sorts of things. So that's the ultimate desired outcome of any experiment, any test. And what's the risk for marketers if they're not doing effective testing or heaven forbid they're doing it poorly. <laughs> what's the risk to the company? You know, what, what's the potential impact if we're, if we're not testing or we're not doing it well? It's, it's huge. It's massive. If you're not testing at all, then you are on a steep decline and your competition is going to be skyrocketing ahead of you. you know, the only way to coast is downhill. And so if you're not testing, you're coasting downhill fast. And if you are testing, but you're not doing it properly, then you're confusing yourself and you're in this, you know, fog where you can't see the way forward because your results will never be clear. You won't be getting those insights. You'll be making decisions and investing in testing, which is, you know, not necessarily cheap and wasting time and wasting money and not moving forward. So not testing or testing improperly can be a killer to your marketing and to your organization and it'll get you absolutely nowhere. So you have to be testing if you're not, that's step one. And then you have to be doing it uh, methodically and properly. Otherwise, why do it at all? <laughs> and, and what role does being persistent play in the success of, of marketing testing? Because you, know, you, you get the test results, they're not exactly what you were hoping for. And then maybe you kind of pull your foot off the accelerator a little bit. Talk a little bit about why it's so important to be persistent. Persistency is absolutely critical in testing because no one test is going to define the future of your business, the future of your marketing, right? You're not going to test one thing and say, aha, we've hit on success. This is now viral and we have all the leads and all the sales we need. We're done. We can never test again. So testing is a matter of compound growth, just like investing. And you have to keep testing things to learn more and more and to incrementally improve your results. And one test, whether or not it gives you a positive result or not, will lead to other ideas for other tests or other insights that you can then challenge or explore. So it's really this branching mechanism, if you can imagine that, that one test opens the door to five or six other tests, and then you need to test those things. And it's really about, you know, imagine you have a blindfold on and you're in a maze. That's how I see testing. You have to try to walk through this maze and you're going to hit a dead end. You're going to hit a wall. That's when a test doesn't deliver what you thought it would. 
Then you turn around, you feel your way around to the next you know, part of the maze. So as you go through this, if you can build this map in your mind as you test, testing helps us answer those questions. Where are the walls and what is the right path forward? So that's why persistency is so important in testing because it allows us to build that map, to build that understanding of our audience, our market, our customers. So then we know in the marketing that we're doing what's going to be effective, to have more confidence in that and to be able to put more dollars behind things knowing that the results will come. So persistency is absolutely critical. And also all of these compound, right? So if you run a test and you improve your results by, let's say, 10%, you know, not that significant. But if you do that, you know, seven times, it becomes significant. And so the more you can test, the more you can have little wins, those add up to become massive wins. Can you illustrate for me an example of a marketing team that that got it right and the way that, you know, the outcomes that they received as a result or pivots they might have made? Yeah, I'll give you two examples. You know, the first is with the client who had a, for lack of a better term here, funnel, a sales process on their site that was working well. Uh, it was converting. They were happy. You know, you talk about benchmarks. It was meeting their benchmarks. Things were good. But we looked at it and realized that there's room for improvement. And again, you know, you want to talk about neuroscience. I, I love this stuff because a lot of marketers think that you have to follow marketing best practices. But when looking at their funnel, which was basically you come to the homepage, you would click to read about a program they offer. This is a, a trade school. And then you would go to apply to that program. It makes sense. You got to learn about the program, and then you apply for it. When we talked to customers and when we looked at the data, we realized people weren't sure if this program was right for them at this time in their life, if it would you know, do the right things in their, in their journey forward. And so we actually added a page to this process. So instead of three steps, it was now four steps. And most marketers right there would say, wait a minute, that's not right. You can't make the process longer, right? It's going to kill conversions. But we added a step before you choose a program that talked about the industry. And it would paint this picture for the user of this is the right industry for you. And it's growing and there's so much opportunity to be promoted. And it's a stable you know, career and all those sorts of things. And so what happened as a result of that is then people, when they got to the program details page, they read about the program. They were already sold on the program because it's going to give me this whole new life that I wanted. And so they converted tremendously uh, more faster and cheaper as a result of this because they were primed for this program. And so we improved the conversion rate of this by 389%, which is just absolutely uh, astronomical by adding a page to the process, one page. So it's simple things like that, that if we hadn't tested that, you know, and it may not have worked, but if we hadn't tested it, we would have been okay with the status quo. We'd have been okay with hitting our benchmarks. And that's the other problem with not testing and not testing consistently is you can climb to the top of the mountain and you can feel like you've conquered the world until you turn around and look behind you and realize there's a mountain 10 times taller. And that's the fallacy of marketing and not testing is that we, we start to breathe our own exhaust. We start to look at the competition and see what they're doing and think we're doing all right. But until you test it, you don't know if there's something better out there. And I guarantee you, there is something better out there. <laughs> all right. So tell us more about uh, Park and Consulting, what you do there and how you arrived at this point in your career. I'm an independent consultant, so it's just me. And as you mentioned, I help marketing teams accelerate growth and optimize performance. And so I've been doing this for over 10 years. It's been a wonderful journey. And I actually started, as I mentioned early on, as a kid wanting to do magic. And I thought, I'll be a professional magician, right? When I realized that you have to work nights and weekends when you're doing magic, <laughs> I quickly got out of that. And I went into <laughs> programming. And so I was a programmer and software developer for many, many years. And my background in technology, combined with my passion for magic and people and behavioral psychology, you know, those two things intersect and form marketing. So I made the leap from technology into marketing and never looked back. And 
just grateful and passionate about marketing. I think it's changing every hour and every day. And I love the uh, ability to work with wonderful companies, wonderful clients, and help them you know, solve problems at that intersection of people and technology. That's awesome. All right, so let's change direction a little bit. We ask all of our guests two standard questions at the end of each inter- interview. The first is simply, you are a prospect for salespeople, no doubt, right? Somebody's trying to sell you something. So I'm always curious to know, when somebody doesn't have a trusted referral into you, what works most effectively for you when somebody's trying to capture your attention and earn the right to time on your calendar? This is a really interesting question, Chad, and I think it's so relevant because a lot of people say personalization. And I think that's important just to get a foot in the door. But what really does it for me is personality. Uh, If someone can not only personalize a message, but also show and demonstrate their personality, whether it's that they have a sense of humor or or whether it's self-deprecating, I don't know what it is. But when I see it's a real person and not just some salesperson who has, you know, filled in the blanks to reach out to me, that really stands out. And so having a personality, I think, is a lost art in today's world, right? (laughs) And there's so much just cold outreach and things of that nature. But have a personality. Remember, there's another human on the other side and really connect with them. And that'll always open the door for me. Awesome. And so last question, we call it our acceleration insight. If there's one thing you could tell uh, marketing professionals or sales professionals, one piece of advice you could give them that you believe would help them hit or exceed their targets, what would it be and why? This may be counterintuitive, but in my work with clients and, and companies, and you know, many of them are uh, hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, billion-dollar companies, uh, you would be shocked at how many of the fundamentals are being missed in terms of decision-making, in terms of process, in terms of marketing skills. And so I really think there is a, a renaissance needed, a return to fundamentals. And if you just go back to the basics, back to the fundamentals, and don't believe that you're above that, it has been transformative for myself, for my clients, and I think so many people are missing the mark here that we need to scale back, focus, and revisit the fundamentals, and it'll, it'll transform everything. Perfect. Tim, if a listener's interested in talking to you more about these topics or potentially hiring you, where do you want us to send them? What's the best way to get them in touch with you? LinkedIn is great. I'm very active there. Uh, you can also find me on my website at timparkin.com. And uh, if you want access to all of my intellectual property, videos, worksheets, templates, all that stuff, same stuff I use with my clients, you can text the word GROW to 844-311-3200. I'll get you all that stuff for free. Awesome. That is a great offer. Thank you so much for taking time. It's been great having you on the show today. I appreciate it, Chad. Thanks so much. All right, everybody. You know the drill. That does it for this episode. Hit us at b2brevexec.com. Share it with friends, family, coworkers. If you like what you hear, do us a favor. Leave us a review on iTunes. Until next time, we at Value Selling Associates wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.